Support for WRFA is brought to you by Quadrant Biosciences, now providing no-cost COVID testing in Chautauqua County. Quadrant Biosciences has partnered with Chautauqua County to provide free COVID testing. For more information on how to schedule an appointment, visit quadrantbiosciences.com slash COVID testing. Support for WRFA is also brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. The Chautauqua County Health Department reported over 1,600 new cases of COVID-19 for the week of January 26th through 22nd here in the county. We talked with County Executive P.J. Wendell about how the surge is affecting the area and the health department, as well as a myriad of other topics. We have on the line with us County Executive P.J. Wendell to join us for his monthly checkup and check-in with WRFA for Community Matters. Thanks for being on the line with us this morning. Thanks for having me as always. Right. So uh, we, we always talk the, the morning after uh, county legislature meetings, at least that's what we've been doing for the past several months. And last night was, uh, well, I, I kind of used like the word doozy because you just never, well, the regular meeting was pretty standard, I'd say. Uh, you know, when it comes to one item on the, on the agenda, which was, we called it Motion B, there was a lot of public comments on that. And uh, given uh, what came out of the health department for weekly COVID numbers, I guess I can understand. So we were in our third week of cases of 1,500 cases or more for COVID-19 in Chautauqua County. And is, do you have any comment on what, what's making things hard right now for the health department with it? This is, it's a large number of cases. Is there anything that they're struggling with or anything that they're looking for from the public here? Well, you know, what we're looking for is uh, it's hard to say. You know, we're asking everybody to follow our guidelines, which they haven't changed. You know, the, the part of the position last night, for some reason, there's this belief that whether it's the county executive or the legislature doesn't support the public health department, which couldn't be further from the truth. You know, we work, we have a COVID response team. That is, we have three physicians, our county physicians. We have our sheriff, our emergency services director, myself, and Christine Schuyler. And that team works unanimously together. We have been completely united we discuss our thing our, our our topics our concerns and we we work it out and when we you know we have been a unified team all along um you know somebody believed that that wasn't the case which is incorrect uh you know myself completely support our health department our legislature supports our health department um so this belief that we needed to have a a, a memo to say, um, you know, what we've been doing all along. Uh, you know, we ask everybody to follow the guidelines. You know, get tested. If you feel you're, you're symptomatic, uh, there's, there's at-home tests. Uh, we have three, actually two testing centers, one in the north, one in the south. We have a testing facility at SUNY Fredonia, sponsored by the state of New York. Um, you know, Wearing masks when in public places. Those are things that we're still asking people to do. And, you know, I've said this right along. You know, criticism again. If you follow my Facebook page, I put out a post on uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We have four goals. 
to protect our health care system, to increase our vaccination rates, to um, protect our vulnerable population, and to wear masks when we're in public. Those are our goals, and we're going to work. For, we're going to continue those like we have from day one. So, unfortunately, yeah, it was a doozy last night. But you know, if we look at the numbers, one of the things that we didn't post this week were the number of active cases because the isolation and quarantine isn't an effective means right now to control the spread of COVID. Because again, it, it, one, it's a it's a time consuming um, endeavor for the the health department, and that's really where they've been stressed and overburdened with the daily calls, following up with people. How are you feeling today? Do you have any signs? Do you have any symptoms? You know, those types of, of daily calls with several hundred people a day is very challenging and very monotonous. And it was effective when early on. But after two years of this, people follow that. People don't follow their directions. So it's been a challenge for the health department. And, uh, but, you know, we have worked together. We've worked in partnership. Uh, throughout, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that um, until we get out of this. Great. And uh, and one of the uh, calls that, I shouldn't say it was a call, it was a press briefing that uh, Governor Hochul did with the acting um, Health Department Commissioner, uh, Mary Bassett. She said that, yeah, the incubation time is so short that this is, this is not just something here in Chautauqua County. This is everywhere that it's so hard to keep up with how these cases are spreading and uh, and that's why the contact uh, tracing was being not essentially paused, but it was just in, it was in, almost impossible to do. So I, it, so we're hearing this at multiple levels of government. So if you know anybody was listening, it's like it's not just Chautauqua County. It's this is state and this is related to reality with Omicron. So I guess maybe that's an editorial statement by me, but I'm going based on what government officials are like yourself are telling me. So um, and one, one of the things with mm-hmm. you know. To Julie, to, to, I don't mean to interrupt, but to, to capitalize, you know, if we look at our numbers um, three weeks ago, we had 1,800 cases and 1,300 active cases. So from the time they tested positive to the report of our active number that day, we had 500 people go from positive to negative. Remember that five-day incubation period. Last week, we had 1,700 cases of new cases of COVID-19 and 330 active cases. 1,400 went from positive to negative when that press release went out. So exactly to your point, we have so many people, the incubation period is so short that it's, it's a whirling dervish for our health department to try to keep up. We urge people, if you test yourself and you're positive, stay home. That's indicative. You don't need to go to the hospital to, re, you know, to get another test. If you know you have the symptoms, even if you don't have symptoms, that test is, is very accurate, as we're told. Follow it, stay home for five days, quarantined, and then you're back to back to activity. Right. And I noted that there was, you know, a big statement on the uh, the county's the COVID-19 dashboard from the health department stating that they're no longer posting those active cases. But also one of the things I saw in there, I noted, and I, I've been thinking about this, is that when it comes to those at-home tests, that maybe... I know that people are asked to make sure that they report that in through the county's website that, you know, they've received a positive test. But I'm thinking there's got to be a lot of people who aren't reporting. They're just they're taking it. They're saying, well, I'm positive and they're calling, you know, into work or, you know, not sending their kids to school, whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's hard to get, you know, a really good number for, for those active cases at, from, through that alone. Right. And that's that's very challenging because, again, you know, we're looking at an economic situation. And I know in the schools. Several, you know, several times I've heard cases where 
kids have been quarantined five and six times. And back prior to the most recent guidance in the, within the last three weeks, that was a 10-day cycle. So kids and parents were at home for 10 days at a time. Many parents can't continue to do that. Um, it, they are protecting everybody. They are protecting their, their vulnerable and their, their family and their friends. But it becomes a, a matter of, of dire economics for some families when it comes to the ability to stay home um, when a kid isn't positive but was only a close contact and because they were unvaccinated or, you know, that the parents were obligated as well. So 100 percent, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Sure. And I know at least with Jamestown, I, I think Southwestern is also doing it. I've heard from is that at least the schools do have that option for that. The test to stay program for kids who may have been exposed at school so that at least that if they're not positive, have no symptoms that they can you know stay in class uh, so that alleviate some of that burden on parents, you know, at least about what they can do, you know, when kids are possibly exposed as opposed to be sh- just be sending straight home. So, but uh, yeah, if um, COVID, I think it's going to be a big topic for a long time still, unfortunately for us. And, and, you know, especially as we hear about, I've, I'm hearing about new variants again, and that's discouraging, but it's beyond our control. Uh, but on continuing on public health, uh, we, we got a release from the County Health Department that there is a public health survey that they're asking residents to fill out. And is there more you can tell us about what this survey is trying to accomplish? Well, I think what we're trying to do is, is um, you know, looking at the current health status, our needs and, and issues. And, you know, in, in the midst of <laughs> COVID-19, we want to develop an, uh, a health improvement plan for the county. You know, so is this um, was it something precipitated by COVID? Not necessarily. It's something that they do on a regular basis, but what good a time is any to, to start this survey to get people's ideas and understandings of where they are? And I ask people to, to fill it out uh, honestly and, and try to do it without, you know, a bias or, you know, if people are upset, you know, try to take a step back, take a deep breath and fill it out accurately um, it move forward. It's going to help the county health department as we prepare our efforts moving forward with this. We know things are going to change in public health, in community health. There's initiatives, there's programs. You know, we do have underlying issues. We still have, you know, an opioid epidemic in our county. We still have, uh, you know, diabetes, childhood and adult obesity. We have, you know, poor, uh, poor health conditions uh, for certain individuals. So, you know, we need to have another gauge, and this survey is going to provide us uh, that guidance to create a health improvement plan and to provide a better health health environment for our residents. Mm-hmm. And looking at the release here, it says that the it's available online through March fifteenth. But also, if people are looking that don't want to go online to fill it out, that they can also get a paper copy of it um, from various sites, and they should contact. They can contact. I'll have the contact number in my news story. When, when we air this uh, that story on Friday, uh, and it'll be on uh, the website, WRFALP.com. Uh, one thing I noticed that was kind of interesting, and I've seen a lot of groups do this, there is there is an incentive for the public to actually fill out this survey. It is. And, and you know, we want to get as many people involved and, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a carrot to dangle in front to get people to help us out. Right. And the carrot we're referring to is that uh, respondents have a chance to, Enter to win one of five $40 Amazon gift cards. So uh, around here, you know, I know a lot of people do like their Amazon shipments and things like that for items that maybe are not readily available here in our local store. So uh, always interesting to see the different ways that, you know, 
people are incentivized to uh, give information. So, yeah, so yep. we we'll try. We'll yeah, try. yeah. So moving along, uh, another thing that happened this week is the Industrial Development Agency uh, had their monthly meeting, and uh, Deputy County Executive of Economic Development and IDA CEO Mark Geis gave a presentation on how things went in 2021 for the IDA and. Uh, he mentioned a lot of highlights. I know you were on the call and at the meeting. Is there anything in there that in particular you'd like to highlight from last year that the IDA did? Well, I think there's just, you know, when you look at the scope of, of where we were as far as, you know, coming out of the, the COVID lockdown originally and, and moving into a new year, you know, I just thank the IDA for everything they were able to accomplish. And we still have more. There's, you know, we have a couple of two or three projects. We're waiting on the, uh, the principals to give us that release to get out. Some great information still to come. Uh, you know, we heard some late uh, late news, you know, in the last couple of days with, uh, you know, developments here in the county in the early part of January. So, you know, hats off to our IDA. They're doing a, a tremendous job of attracting businesses and, most importantly, retaining business. We're, we are still working with existing businesses on incentives and uh, grants and programs to help uh, reinvigorate and revive uh, or any economic uh, aid we could give them. So, you know, the Economic Development Agency has, has been a principal in Chautauqua County. They're going to continue to get their good work. And uh, I'm really excited in what we have to offer. And, and I'm telling you, there are there's still great things to come. But with everything else, uh, you know, it's it's all in the way. Right. And, and even the pandemic was, you know, very hard on, on businesses. But the IDA did get some funds to help with that and to distribute to uh, local businesses around here. And that's really monumental when you look at, you know, we had the Altec Revolving Loan Program, and that was based uh, from the Economic Development Agency. And to get another $10.5 million as in the last two years is remarkable, but it also says just how well our county does at getting the loans out to the businesses that need them. And, the, and, and these are businesses that it, the most important part is are able to pay the loan back. So it's not that the county's giving money away, the businesses goes bad, and, you know, we're out the money. But these are businesses that we have faith in. They've established themselves. They do a great job, a great community service, and they need funding or they need loans for a project, an expansion. The IDA is there to help them. But it's their way they do business and the way the system that works. And, you know, that, that new EDA loan that came out, the $10.5 million, you know, we were a, a focal point nationwide as to our our, our method of getting this this out and we're a model that's been used other places in the country so again hats off you know to mark and rich dixon uh to get that out you know rich is our financier and it does a great job of of connecting people with the financing and the loans to make sure we can do as much as we can to get those businesses up and off the ground or expanding and uh that support that they need Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm staying with the IDA, but kind of also moving on to another topic. One of the other pools of funding that the uh, county received was the American Rescue Plan Act funding. Uh, and one this was talked about in proposed projects and, and kind of getting the sense that maybe we'll see something moving forward with it in 2022 is the use of some of those funds to um, purchase parcels to make shovel-ready sites. Yeah, it's really, you know, what we found, we've done it, it Prior to COVID, but in the midst of COVID, you know, we, we did some surveys and worked with uh, business evaluators that, you know, we don't have a lot of shovel-ready sites. So, uh, you know, if we have that on hand to where it's, you know, owned by the county or the IDA, it's, a, it's an easy sale. 
It's not a matter of tracking down multiple homo or multiple property owners, getting everybody to sign off, getting everybody you know on the same page. It really helps alleviate you know a, a part of the process and make it a little bit more streamlined. So you know we're looking at parcels that are valuable, that are attractive, and that are they're going to be cost effective for the county. So having those sites ready in a, in a portfolio, that when somebody comes in and says, "Hey, we're looking for this type of space. We're looking for." You know, forty thousand feet of production space, thirty thousand square feet of of uh, storage space and offices. Well, we have a portfolio of, of X number of, of at least in that case, it's facilities. But we've had several businesses say, "I'm looking for thirty to forty acres." You know, with water, sewer, electric. How close are we to the interstate? Is there a rail line? Those types of things. So to have all of those in a portfolio already owned by the county, so it's not a matter of. Two or three different people own the property, going out to getting to them, and then you know trying to, to work the deal that way. So really important that those shovel-ready sites are acquired by the county, and again provides uh, you know incentive for businesses that say, hey, this is what we have to offer you. These are our parcels, and you know we're ready to do business. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, ARPA funding, there was uh, I think a couple other measures that were passed by the legislature last night. Where are we with expending those funds? I know that the county will get their second round, uh, I think, in a couple months, just like everyone else will. Uh, where are we with spending so far, and what are you looking forward for projects still? Well, we, we do have our, our first round. We're, we're, we've expended a little over $10 million of that original tranche, as they call it, of $12.3 million. Uh, so we're looking to get some of those projects up and running. The next portion, the second half, or tranche, as they've titled it, um, is more of our infrastructure projects. And we submitted infrastructure projects not only for the county, but for towns and villages around the county, submitted that to the state. Uh, as Congressman Reed had said, a couple hundred billion have been sent to the state for infrastructure. So now it's a matter of, are those funds, Is it a, do we have to reapply to a grant? Now that the governor has our, our request, Will they, will they then be granted? We don't know. A lot of, uh, a lot of uncertainty because the state does have a, a pot of money uh, that has been awarded to them from the federal government. On the other hand, there, there are programs where the federal government will create pots of money that you would apply for as a grant type of process for projects. So the plan is using that second set of ARPA pro- projects to fund as many of those through the infrastructure, then freeing up more money for us uh, to then, you know, utilize the different projects. If you look at, for example, the phase two of the sewer district, you know, that sewer line is, is really, really important to the safety, you know, safety, the health of our lake, so the health of, you know, our residents as well. So as that gets developed, that was about $8.5 million. It's since been dwindled down to about seven point. Seven five. If we could take and get that phase of the sewer project funded with the infrastructure money, then that seven and a half million dollars, seven and three quarters million dollars, we have to do other projects that we may not have done the first time around. So again, we'll go back, you know, to our process, look at projects that have been submitted, or you know, ask people to resubmit projects and um, move forward with that. So that's the idea: is the infrastructure money would help alleviate the infrastructure projects that we have for the second round. And we, and we did it in a manner that that funding would be there and then we could free up already previous allocated money to other projects and create some new projects in the county.
Mm-hmm. And uh, Governor Kathy Hochul had mentioned uh, some infrastructure monies coming from New York State in her State of the State address, and uh, and also in I think in, in her her budget maybe addressed too. They they come so close and fast in in, in January that sometimes I can conflate the two. But uh, what was your reaction to what she had to say between the two addresses uh, for how it affects counties with either programming or funding? Well, I think it's important to, you know, she's aware of what's happening in the counties. And, and I will say that, you know, uh, this is, you know, the second administration I've been part of. But I will tell you that um, Hochul's administration has been more attentive to the county's needs. They have listened to the counties uh, more than the last administration. So we're very optimistic. Uh, you know, as she says, I'm a local government girl. That's where she got her start. She understands the needs and, uh, you know, requirements of local government. So she's compassionate to that as she moves forward. So having that that background, if you will, of, of her beginning, you know, she's very aware of our needs. So we're very optimistic. Um, it, you know, having a great relationship with the now the governor, um, you know, I think that bides well. We've uh, sat down, I know, uh, Chautauqua Institution, along with the Jefferson Project, have sat down with the governor and her team um, looking for funding for the lake. Different projects we've talked about, uh, you know, the sewer project is one that's been going on for nearly 40 years. Completing that would be monumental for the county. Expanding our water system to have municipal water. You know, we have a, a sewer project that's been uh, proposed in discussed in Finley Lake. We need to focus on that as well. You know, getting out to these areas, looking at our sewer projects and water systems up in the North County as well, and how do we tie those together and make sure that those infrastructures are set up and established and if need to be refer- refurbished and rebuilt, you know, putting the money to good use within the county to make sure that our infrastructure is, you know, is vibrant, is healthy, and it's ready to support our residents. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you didn't hear that was disappointing or concerns that you have for between the state budget or state of the state? Not really. Uh, you know, I, I wish we do a little bit more, like we said, of this uh, infrastructure money and, you know, how much will the counties be getting? Because, like you said, it's it's kind of a little... I don't want to say confusing, but, you know, they said, well, the, the county, the state was given a couple hundred billion dollars for infrastructure, but then we come around and we have a, uh, a state budget and the governor increased her infrastructure funding in the budget. So, you know, how much of the infrastructure money from the federal government went into the budget? I don't know. Is, is that allowed? There's, so we don't know. So I guess there was a little confusion as to exactly how do we get that money? You know, we have towns and villages that are, that are chomping at the bit. Uh, to get these projects started. So just tell us how we ask for it, and we'll get started. So that's a little concerning. You know, there's, there wasn't a lot of clarity as to how we, uh, we can apply and acquire those funds. So, uh, you know, that's the one, the, the drawback that I would see right now is that, uh, you know, that there really is a lot of clarity on how we act, acquire those funding. Mm-hmm. Moving on to maybe lighter topic, it's uh, we finally have had some big snowfall here in Chautauqua County. We're fully into winter. Winter temperatures reflecting that outside right now. Um, winter tourism is pretty important around here. And uh, can you talk to maybe some events coming up and maybe some of the ways that this tourism is so important for Chautauqua County? Well, you know, we just had a big winter fest in Bemis Point. As I leave, uh, you know, the county office building and drive down 394, it's always great to go by the Lakeview and see 10, 20, 30 snowmobiles out. Uh, it's nice to see uh, snowmobile trailers and vehicles parked in our snowmobile trailheads. Uh, I was out to breakfast uh, on Saturday morning in Be- or Sunday morning in Bemis Point and 
saw three friends that got on their snowmobiles at 5 in the morning had already been out to Cherry Creek and back to Bemis. And we're going to continue to ride all day. I know our, our ski areas, Peak and Peak, really uh, excited about the snowfall, not to mention the cold temperatures allow them to make snow to build that base up and have a really sound surface for skiing and snowboarding. So, you know, in all, everything is, is really valuable, uh, you know, when it, as a commodity. Um, I haven't heard yet on our, our the Winterfest. Uh, I believe that's underway in, in Mayville. I'm, I, again, I don't... I haven't seen a lot of uh, publicity for it. We do have an, uh, excuse me, a, <clears throat> a CCVB board meeting coming up, so I'll know more details on, on upcoming events and festivals. But, you know, I ask residents, please get out and support our local festivals, especially in the wintertime. Uh, you know, it's cold, but there's always, uh, you know, great venues to warm up and a lot of great, uh, you know, great fun, attractions, and it supports our, our local economy. And it's, it's and great to go by and see snowmobiles parked out in front of, of our restaurants and establishments to know that, you know, there are people supporting it, buying gas and fuel and, and the registration fees for our snowmobiles themselves. Not to mention, you know, driving by peak and peak and seeing the, the hills filled with skiers and snowboarders and tubing as well. So really excited and urge all of our residents to get out and enjoy our winter wonderland here in Chautauqua County. And uh, again, you know, support our local, uh, our businesses and our economy. County executive, is there anything else you'd like to update us on for this month? No, I would just, uh, you know, again, we have, uh, I'll be uh, having my state of the county address at, at our February legislature meeting. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things, a lot of goals we have for the future, and things we're looking to get started on here in county government. So, uh, you know, we're 2022 is upon us. We're getting started, and, uh, you know, we are going to continue to do things, uh, move in the right direction, increase our, our infrastructure, excuse me, increase our, our economy, our businesses in Chautauqua County. Uh, we're looking to expand services, create and invest in our, our communities, and also invest in our infrastructure here in Chautauqua County to attract more residents and people that want to stay here. County Executive Wendell, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Julia.